Welcome to American Reds, Tribal Rants, unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm Michelle. I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting The Americans, Season 5, Episode 3, The Midges, air date of March 21st. The Midges. 2017. Should have been called Stop Bugging Me. <laughs> yeah, alternate alternate name, Stop Bugging Me. This one was directed by Stefan Schwartz and mm-hmm. written by... Mr. and Mrs. Schwartz's young boy. Probably. Yep. Written by Joseph Weisberg and Tracy Scott Wilson. There was a fun fact that I found on Twitter. Joe Fields tweeted that Brad Eckert, the Brad Eckert disguise that Philip used, Katie Irish, who's a costume designer for the Americans, it was her dad's real pilot stuff. Oh, wow, that's neat. That he used. So, so isn't it cool how they go about incorporating... All this kind of stuff. I mean, how much more authentic could you possibly get? Yeah. Than that. No. That's, and I also. That's neat. Yeah, and I also love that we get these little tidbits directly from them on Twitter and stuff like that. I just think that's about the coolest thing ever. I mean, how much more interactive? I wonder is TV going to get over I don't, the years? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who who could have imagined how interactive it's gotten so far? Right. It's just so cool to me to have this. And this is why our children make fun of us. I know. <laughs> they they really do. The things that we still are in awe over are just mm-hmm. just what they grew up with. Yeah. We know that it had the title The Midges. Pretty self explanatory this week, don't you think? Oh yeah. Now, last week, Mike, you brought up the GMO crop thing, and after that settled with me for a while, I just, I think that's total genius, and if that's not what they used in this, then they should hire you I've been confused with the geniuses in the past. Is that what, have you? Okay. I definitely didn't give you enough credit for that last week. It kind of had to marinate with me. It sat with me, and the more I thought on it, I just think it's just a great guess, and I wanted to correct my lack of enthusiasm over that. because. And I actually typed this out before I watched the episode this week, which makes me think even more that you were right, which is annoying because I wish I had been so enthusiastic last week. It would have seemed more genuine in place of watching it this week where it seems... I don't know, maybe a little more... Contrived? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy it. Okay. (laughs) What were your intuitive, considering what you had last week, overall impressions of this episode, then, Smarty Pants? Uh, Well, (laughs) I didn't didn't come up with any uh, groundbreaking revelations this week. I just, I thought it was a great episode. I thought there was a lot of, um, there was a lot going on, a lot of information. I mean, so this is a, just a fantastic television series, isn't it? Yeah, and the historical, the historical value for us is really cool because, you know, of our our experience during that era. So it's just really interesting. I, I really enjoy it. I I wish they'd never stop it, but uh, we'll get into a good reason why they should stop it later on uh, as we get into our discussion. Well, I know that. You have this, you're a history buff anyway. You enjoy history. And a genius. And a genius. And a notary public. No, (laughs) he's not a notary. I'm a history buff genius. (laughs) But all of us are not history buffs. And for the people even who aren't, what a great way to learn about 
eighties the eighties time period. I realize this is historical I, fiction. I could just give them my phone number right now. Anybody who wants to talk about oh okay eighties time period, they could call me anytime, anytime, and I'd be happy to to give them my um, my read on various and sundry eighties topics. Well, after we after I watched it last night. For those of you that don't know, and how would you, Mike and I watch this at different times. I watch it at night after it comes on, and he gets up. He's an early riser, and he gets up and watches it really early in the morning, and then we try to podcast it that very day. One of the things, after I watch it, and I go to bed afterward, and I'm laying there thinking about the show, and I was thinking about that a lot of the overall ideas in this show seem to be about the concepts of childhood and the varying degrees of difficulty. We saw it with Philip and his flashback to childhood. We saw it with Alexi and he was talking about his childhood and the difference in in his childhood and his wife's childhood. Yeah. We saw it with Twan. We get even more backstory with Twan and the stuff that went on in his childhood. Sure, how childhood uh, ultimately can play a major role in your worldview. Absolutely, yeah. Even after we figured out that Twan's had five years of living with a family that loved and adored him, we're still having, he still has all of this stuff kind of coming up from his childhood, I think. And we... I think we have to contrast that with Twan's, with Philip having his father die when he was six, and we don't know as much about that, I think, as we're going to find out. Alexi's father being taken out of the home and how traumatic an event that would be. Twan, his family being killed and him eating garbage on the street, and then we see Matthew complaining about his dad talking about a new girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. First world problems, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting that we see all this different, just how completely different it is in their levels of... The contrast in difficulty according to uh, which country you were born in. Oh, yeah, and it's the same today. Absolutely, absolutely it is. So, you want to just jump right into it? And I've, get been, going? I've been just dying to. Waiting? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, we start out with the Eckerts and the Morozovs. How how would you say their name? Morozov. Okay. Morozov. Bowling. That was mm-hmm. kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Very Americanized activity here going on with the Russian and Vietnamese spies and the defectors. It's pretty pretty funny. We see Twan trying to help Pasha, but he's really no better, and that was kind of weird. And then we hear a little bit about that later. So we can't we can't hold this against Twan. He's doing his best. Well, we find out later that Twan was just faking; that he actually is a good bowler. Well, this was her opinion. Twan well, never verified this. Yeah, I'm okay. thinking maybe you don't know. No, I'm thinking maybe Twan just was probably lacking to. No, he he probably did to make him feel good. Sure. Well, the Morozovs start to reminisce about bowling in Russia. And then Alexei starts to remember how bad it got there. Even with something as simple as bowling, the lanes were cracked, the balls were chipped. How everything just kind of went downhill. And then he went into his rant about how much Russia sucks and how wonderful it is here. Well, and his wife starts calling him on it. Yeah. 
And we find out here that she didn't know that they were going to come here until evidently he just packed her in a car, her and Posh in a car. Right. He he made the decision to defect, and he he just uh, defected the whole family without uh, consulting with anybody, and they ended up here, and they're kind of resentful for it. Aren't these Russian mothers wonderful? I mean, they all care about their kids. I mean, you see it in the past with Elizabeth's mom and and Philip's mom and all their moms and and Oleg's mom. Everybody's mom they show are just very attentive to their children. And here here's her his mom, Pasha's mom. She gets pissed off at Alexei and jumps up and chases after um, Pasha. You know, she's looking for Pasha. Where did he go? And she goes to goes to find him. That just kind of struck me. You know, these these Russian mothers are just really. Uh, you know, all about their, you know, taking care of, hovering over their, their children. That's interesting because then we see Tuan later on make a comment again about it. He calls, uh, he he says that Pasha's mom babies him. and Oleg's mom babies him. So that makes me wonder, though, if Tuan's saying it out of true disgust. Well, we're going to talk about Tuan in a couple minutes now. I'm starting to get a funny vibe from Tuan. Okay, yeah. really? Oh, yeah, I think so. It's probably just my imagination. I'm a uh, this this show's turned me into a, a conspiracy theorist. I don't. I'm like um, Elizabeth. I don't trust anybody. But uh, when it was this was this was very interesting and telling when Alexi approached Elizabeth and Philip dressed as the Eckharts. Right. They're sitting there and he says, Hey, you know, we've got a different view. And he's he's explaining himself here. And this is important. This is why he's the way he is. He didn't wake up one day and decide he hates Russia and the chipped bowling balls and the and the, the deteriorating uh, infrastructure and the lack of food this was ingrained in him because of what he saw happen to his dad. And he explained he laid it out. He and his mom, his dad was taken in the night. And they wanted to go visit him in this camp he was taken to, and it was horrible when well, they Well, they got didn't there. even hear anything for six months after he was taken. No it, words, no nothing. Exactly, exactly. And to go see him before they even got there it was a nine-day nine train ride. It was a nine-day trip. He lays all this out. And he says that we have different views. We came up differently, or words to that effect. We were raised differently. And we, he never got to see him, and he died 15 years later. And this this was what happened to him in his childhood. This is what he saw. So he had this in him, and then the chipped bowling balls and the lack of food just kind of added to that. And he said, you know what? Screw these people. But this was not his wife's experience in the Soviet Union. She had a different experience in the Soviet Union. Philip and Elizabeth, they had a different experience in the Soviet Union. It albeit was hard. It was hard, but it wasn't they didn't see the government apparently damaging their family. They saw it as other people. Remember Philip's experience with the two boys that were trying to, you know, to mug him when he was a kid. Take his milk. Yeah, and then Elizabeth with her experience as a child and her mom being sick and and um, just the, the, they never saw the government as oppressive but I think Philip might have 
I think Philip might have. Have they a given bit. us any examples? No, okay. well, no. Well, then what you just you got your crystal ball out or what? Kind of. Okay. I just think that Philip seems to relate more to Alexi, and I, and we don't know why. And we are now seeing some of Philip's childhood backstory, so we may see some kind of cross in that. But I, I definitely I think, agree with you. I think Philip just likes being here instead of there. I think I think he just likes America better than he. He likes his homeland. I think I think he's he's become Americanized. Maybe I don't know that we're not gonna see something a little more in Philip. Maybe not, but I know that he sympathizes with Alexi a little bit more. We'll see in a minute. But Alexi does say it's funny that you put it like that because Alexi does say, "And this is the Russia I know." Right, right, and 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 he's uh, kind of apologetic there. Uh, to them about the way he way, this is why I'm coming across the way I'm coming across. Right, I know it looks attitude. like this because he doesn't know anything. He's talking to a couple of Russian KGB officers. You know, can you imagine? I mean, he's sitting out there. <laughs> I mean, he's he's venting to a couple of Russian KGB officers, and there and it, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes. The way they took it in later on when they're discussing it's interesting too. Very interesting. Yeah. So go ahead. Well. You're then, the you're the play by play. I'm just the color man. Okay. Okay. Well, then we go to the scene where they're driving away. The Eckerts are in the car, and that conversation that that they had. And Elizabeth says that it didn't sound like Evgenia, who is the mother, and Pasha. This is where she articulates that they didn't know Alexi was going to defect. So now we do know he absolutely defected, which we knew, but they we actually suspected. used the word. And, of course, now Twan, you have to understand, he's standing there in the bowling alley, and he can't understand what they're saying. Only Philip and Elizabeth can. He does not speak Russian, right? Correct. So he doesn't he didn't get it. So Elizabeth starts talking about how Evgenia was angry that she was just thrown in the car by the CIA one day and brought over here. And Elizabeth, I get so irritated with her right here. She says, she's so hypocritical. She said, how could someone just do that to their family? And it's exactly what they talked about doing with Phil, with Paige and Henry at the end of last episode. Take them up and take them to a different country. Right. Like immediately. I just thought that that was so annoying to me to hear her be so hypocritical how she couldn't see. And they talk about it a little bit later on. But well, people's patriotism clouding their judgment is not unique to Soviet spies. That's a great point. Philip says the man must really hate his country. Now, then Tuan goes into his little spiel. What was that all about? How the U.S. will destroy the USSR? Ah, see, how they what, did Vietnam? That's what I don't know. I think Twan might be working both sides of the fence here. No way. I don't know because no way. there wasn't, I don't think you can go back historically and there wasn't eating any garbage in the streets, I don't think. Well, uh, there's got to be orphans. Yeah, yeah. But he was an orphan. Yeah, but North Vietnam, historically, North Vietnam took pretty good care of their people after the end of the war. Um, and if you'll look at North Vietnam today, it is a thriving country. They're doing they're doing incredibly well. 
any documentaries that you see that are shot there, when they walk up to just random people on the street, they are happy people. They're smiling, they're happy, they're polite. It's, um, it's, a, it's a stark contrast from a, uh, from a Cold War type. And maybe it's changed since the 80s, I don't know. But it's, it's funny the way that, that, you know, we talk about fake news and propaganda and, sure. and information that's put out. Uh, to get us to believe one thing or another, or to put out bad, you know, the, the worst information that we we can about the communist countries, and of course, what are they doing? You know, as evidenced by Philip and Elizabeth, their attitude toward the United States, they put out the worst information they can possibly think of. For instance, if I'm right about this GMO, uh, this GMO experiment with the crops, the first thing the Russians think when they get this. They, they discover this, is oh, they're trying to, to damage our food. And they go, straight to, they go straight to that. And that's the information they put out to Philip and Elizabeth. That then Philip and Elizabeth pass on to Paige without even knowing either. Exactly. So. You know, information is, is power. It's, it's, a, it's just a great, I'm, I'm getting way off track here, and I don't mean to, but it's a great example of how if people, you know, would... Work together more, you know, differing sides. Let's say Democrats and Republicans. If they could get together and put their egos aside, the incredible work that they could do, or the the achievements that they could they could um, they could do together, without you know just trying to destroy one another. I mean, it's uh, I'm not ready to hold everybody's hands in kumbaya. Don't get me wrong, but this is just a great illustration of of how not communicating between countries can cause this kind of ridiculousness. I mean, this lab tech later on loses his life because these two Russian spies want to know more about these bugs and this wheat. And a phone call from Washington to Moscow, or Moscow to Washington, if they had had a dialogue during that time, hey, we're working on a way to genetically modify wheat and kill bugs you know, which assuming. we don't, yeah, which we don't agree with, but you know, assuming it is something as innocuous right. as that, uh, as far as the spy game goes, that that I mean, all this effort and all this deception and this this entire drama that these people go through in order to spy on each other, when it could just be a cooperative effort on the part of two countries. You see what I mean? Absolutely, I see what you mean. I'm just. Trying to think of how I could, you know, dub in like the Coke song. You know, I'd like to teach the world thing or something. Well, I just believe in um, working together. I mean, talking to people. How are you gonna? How are you gonna settle any differences by by uh, friction and and conflict? I mean, you, you you can, but that's not the best way. It's certainly not the most productive way. It's not the most efficient way. And Okay, that's my rant. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk a little bit about the other website that you do, too, on top of our food thing, which is Next Step? And Because it sounds like you're kind of well, yeah, mixing and Next matching. Step, ne- yeah, nextstepchurchinc.com. Uh, Go check it out. Um, I am mixing and matching. So anyways, Twan, I think, might be a double agent. And I just don't know where you get that, but it would not make nearly the interesting show 
Well, this is a long shot. I, I don't, I don't know if I believe that or not. But it was interesting to say, you know, how's he going to feel when the U.S. you know wipes out Russia? I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, you're that's kind of you know. And Elizabeth even looked at Philip like, okay, what's he talking about? See, you, I felt like she looked at Philip like in horror because this is what they're trying to prevent to, to avoid, right? right anyway, right. And well, I think maybe, it was scary and probably to her, and probably you're right. But um, yeah, I don't know. So then they pull into a garage. Was this where 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 was this? Was this the safe garage? house? It was a safe house. Sure. This wasn't Twan's house then, because it wouldn't be because they wouldn't take off their mm. their disguises there. Right. Okay. I just wasn't sure if we were even supposed to know where they were. Philip brings up that he kind of sympathizes with Alexi here based on how they were going to behave when they had to leave when they were saying they had to leave and go back to Russia that right. they would have done the same thing with their kids and Elizabeth's like well that's not the same thing at all well Elizabeth is her her patriotism is just is just so great that uh she's she's not having you know she's not she's in the the Soviet camp solidly she is and we can at least appreciate her enthusiasm over this. But the one thing, one of the things that frustrates me in this world as a whole is hypocrisy. I think if we could get rid of some of the hypocrisy, we could definitely be more empathetic to one another. And her hypocrisy in this just frustrates me to no end. He just wanted to come and be a big shot. I think that all of us can be hypocritical to a degree when we assign importance to somebody else's cause and we're just totally dedicated to a a company or a country or an organization and hold that out to be bigger than ourselves because at some point I think that we come we come to a crossroads between our values what we know to be true and what the company wants or needs or the mm. organization wants or needs you see what i'm saying sure i don't mean to be this big philosopher and i don't know why i'm feeling so you are too much estrogen maybe i don't that, know i don't hmm. know i don't okay. I don't, know. I don't know i don't know what's going on it's too early to yeah, tell i'm about to break out in song <laughs> or i could start crying i don't know <laughs> well, <laughs> well then philip says that he kind of waffles back and forth. He says, Alexi gets him here, buys him big meals at Bennigan's, and just starts a famine back home. <laughs> That's, I thought that was hilarious. Takes him to Bennigan's while he's starting a famine in Russia. That was great. Well, and Elizabeth says, Twan's right. He should be shot. And then this is where she goes into the fact that it was smart that Twan was throwing gutter balls to make Pasha feel better. And they start talking about Twan's instincts. And they talk a little bit about Paige and Matthew, and Philip's like, she is not handling this. Philip is, you know, but then he brings up maybe we should talk to her about this because if she's brought into the fold on somebody trying to starve people, then maybe Matthew won't have the importance that that relationship won't seem to be her whole world when she realizes that there's other bigger problems in the world. They're doing psychological warfare here on page, huh? Yeah. Mm. And I was kind of surprised to see Philip 
try to bring her in. We see Elizabeth try to bring her in a lot, but this seemed more like Philip. So I'm, I'm seeing like some some seesawing with Philip here a little bit. I think they've um, both accepted that Paige is going to be involved to some degree. Well, they pull up at the house and she's watching. Was it MASH? Yes, it was MASH, and I have some information on MASH. Tell me, But MASH. before I give you the information on MASH, did you see the scene that they showed? Did you see what Alan Alda said, what his, what his line was? And the, the one scene they cut away from Paige, who's got her head on her hand on the couch, watching MASH, waiting for Mom and Dad, Russian spies to come home from doing whatever. I didn't and write it down, but something about salute or something... They said uh, Alan Alda opened up the, the the closet and said, oh, a closet general of what I've always suspected or something like that. So here we have the first time that Paige is introduced in this episode, a reference to a closet. And what was the first thing we saw in the last episode? Paige was in a closet. Mike. What? I'm just, I'm just saying it could be some kind of closet conspiracy. Uh, we could call this episode uh, Don't Bug Me or come, Everybody's Coming Out of the Closet. Because, well, think about it. That's funny that you picked up those words. Isn't it funny? A closet general, he said. And so the first reference when we see Paige is to a closet. I just thought that was worth mentioning. Maybe everybody <laughs> else has probably already turned us off. But did you know? do you know what MASH is based off of? What what war is the television? It was Mash was a was a television show based off of a 1970s movie, by the way, and it was a really popular movie, a feature film. Um, the television show came out in 1972 and went until 1983. Wow! Yeah, almost 11 full years. But do you know what the shows the 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 primary conflict that the show is is about it's about a an army uh, medical team that's uh close to the front in a certain war that the united states was involved in do you know which war that it was the korean the war? korean war do you know how long the korean war lasted not long three years yeah. so we've got a television show about a medical unit in the korean war that lasted 11 years and the korean war only lasting three years i thought that was really interesting it is interesting and also i think maybe one of the reasons that it was so popular at that time was that it kind of came on at the end of the vietnam war so a lot of the war stuff was still very forefront in people's minds that's a really good um that's not a good point um do you know the finale was the most watched television show during its time 125 million people watched the finale, and uh, it the show was almost canceled after its first season. I did not know that. I did know that it was the most watched at the time because I remember as a teenager, I kind of watched it a little bit, but not not a whole lot. But it was very talked about the popularity of the of the finale. So then what did you think about the conversation that they were having with Elizabeth? They're telling her. Now, they, they did say, and I went back to make sure that they think that they're trying to starve people back in Russia, that the American government's trying to do that, and that they're working against that. Right. Well, that's, that's, that, that's their read on it. That's their, um, their frustration, paranoia, whatever you want to call it. So this is what they've... Well, it's their belief. Right. Yeah. It's, this is what they're operating off of. 
Philip says if they don't stop it, a lot of people are going to suffer. And then he goes so far as to say that last year the CIA snuck an agricultural expert out of the country and that they're now developing a relationship with this guy. And they go into the fact that they're doing it clandestinely and they, you know, the whole secret thing. And I think that kind of stuff is annoying to Paige. Because at first she's like all on board. What? Nuclear weapons aren't enough? And then she's like, so you're pretending to be his friend? Like that's a... I know. Yeah. But she's she's a kid. So fake friends are a big deal at that age. But Elizabeth says, yeah, they do that sometimes. And she wants to know if it's hard to pretend. And they say, yeah, sometimes it's hard to pretend. And then we'll kind of come back to that in a little while. Then we go to that scene where Philip's in the bathroom, the steamy bathroom. And he's standing there wiping the the moisture off the mirror. And he flashes back to when he was a child. Now, I didn't get a whole lot out of what was going on there. Did you? I didn't get a whole lot out of uh, what was going on there. Just the... I mean the, the the scenes that they're showing us are the you know the dank, yeah, uh, you know oppressive looking miserable uh, living conditions type views of the Soviet Union. Yeah, it looked like Philip was playing with a stick or something. His brother was like banging on something. It was just nothing. And then his father comes walking in with a pair of pants. I can relate. When we were kids, that's all we had to play with. Sticks. Sticks and dirt. We had sticks and dirt. And you liked it. And we liked it, and we had a lot of fun. So then we see Oleg walk into the... And I put (laughs) sad grocery store on this, because if we walked into a grocery store here... I've actually walked into a grocery store one time here that looked like that. And it was a grocery store that was going out of business, and it was like 12 hours from closing. And it looked like their top of the line seriously like as far as as much stuff was on the shelving and stuff like that when this scene opened did you notice the blue tent that was like all over everything they're they're trying to make to draw a contrast between Oleg in the Soviet Union and Oleg here and I just thought it's funny that that's the way they they approached it as far as the filming of it I thought that was that was Interesting. I also thought it was funny that when he goes in and he's talking to this woman, that the KGB is painted as champions of justice. You know, they're, they're like we're we're combating this. Uh, sure. And I've got some information for you about his um, the organization that he's or the division that he's working for. Oh, okay. I don't know if you looked it up or not. I did not. That was it, one thing I did not. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's interesting, but. Uh, Well, he asks to speak to the manager, and out she walks. And this is where he identifies himself as O-B-K-H-S-S. Okay. It's my turn now. My time to shine. Okay. Yeah, the O-B-K-H-S-S was was the Soviet uh, Department against the the division of, uh, I think, the Ministry of Justice or, or something, Related to the KGB, the Department Against Misappropriation of Socialist Property. It was basically the Soviet's financial police. But when you're a communist, everything is Soviet property, right? Yes. So it's the police of... The police to try to make sure that people aren't enriching themselves, thus letting a little form of capitalism come in. 
Yeah, so it's, it, they're policing themselves, and they got it's funny because they got somebody following Oleg around. You know, so they're they're they got the secret police, Oleg, and then they got the secret super secret, secret. police, and then it's like kind of like you know Animal House when uh, Dean Wormer puts everybody on double secret probation. You know, um, but but the OBKHSS was founded in 1937, and it was dissolved in 1992, and then the superseding uh, department was known as the OBEP, and that was the Department for Combating Economic Crimes, and they took up where the OBKHSS left off. But uh, that Less acronyms to be confusing, right? Uh, yeah. That's why they changed it. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, have you ever seen the Russian alphabet? I mean, that's, yeah. It's serious. I know. Yeah, you've got to really, that's kind of like learning... Tai Chi linking moves or something. <laughs> gotta, gotta be, you gotta you gotta really pay attention to what's going on there. But Oleg, he's all schmoozy with this woman. He's telling her not to worry. He just wants to check a few things, and he's smiling. He's smiling and everything. He just wants to know how her department works and how does she get her products and all that. And she tells him that the she just tells the Baza. And they send it weekly. And I couldn't really find anything about Baza. The only thing I could find is that it like means base. Me either. I looked it up, and there's a there's a Russian grocery Market. store. Yeah, that's called that. So I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't find it either. I thought that was funny too. He's coming in with that Oleg charm. Yeah. And he's he's working that you know that all shucks Andy kind of thing with with uh, this uh, blonde haired woman who's. Trying to say, well, you know, I'm just better at picking this stuff out than right. other people. And right, this well, is my job. What's the What's the guy's name? Well, you know, isn't it funny? I don't even ask his name. I don't mm-hmm. even know his name. I thought it was really funny that she just didn't puke up everything she's done since she was 12 years old on Oleg because she knows who Oleg is mm-hmm. and she knows what Oleg can do. I don't think this is the first time they were visited. I just get the the impression that this is an ongoing thing. And then they put Oleg in there to go in and do it. And Oleg doesn't seem like he has a lot of teeth the way he comes in. Oh, that's a great point. Maybe that's why. Maybe she's used to somebody coming in and then bribing them with a bag of tangerines. Right. Yeah. That was just my guess. Oh, my guess no. That's a great, yeah, I think that's a that's that's likely what has happened here. Now we know how to say no thank you also if you paid attention in uh, Russian. Nyet spasibo. What was the second part of that? Spasibo means uh, thank Spasiba? you. I think. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. Probably, I'm probably butchering I it. I don't but know. I had a Ukrainian friend down on Russell Boulevard sells tires, and he taught me how to say thank you. Really? Spasibo, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So nyet spasibo means no thank you. Hmm. It's oh, a limit of my Russian, and don't ask me to identify it in the Russian alphabet. Oleg, he declines the tangerines. He does what the colonel warned him to do. He didn't even take a tangerine. I thought he might, like, get a tangerine and sit there and eat it. You know Oleg. I could see him doing that. Well, remember now, that, that's what messed Eve up in the Garden of Eden. Oleg's not, Oleg's not making any of those hmm. those prop. No, no, he's not going for the forbidden fruit. He's so, out of there. So then we see Oleg walk out. <gasps> I know. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole dang thing. I couldn't believe there's it. There's my girlfriend. Martha. She's shopping. Oh, my gosh, she, Martha. She's buying Russian groceries in top-of-the-line Russian market. In top-of-the-line. Mm-hmm. Just, like just like they promised. They said they were going to take care of her. I'm sure that the writers of the show listen to us 
listen to every word weekly. And I just hope that they will take into consideration how much we love Martha. And we are not alone. And maybe Martha and Oleg can have like a love affair or something. Wouldn't that be good? I don't. I mean, that's just uninteresting to me. Uh, what? Yeah. You're just jealous. I am. Okay. Anyway, that was so, so neat. So neat to see Martha. I was so glad. Even if it were just a cameo that they just threw her in so we got to see her. We know she's there. We know she's okay. And I just, I love that. Then we go to a commercial and Fargo, bloody Fargo, man. <laughs> I love those Fargo commercials. <laughs> they were really good. And less for, less than a month from now, Fargo's back, April 19th. And we don't podcast Fargo here, but I do hop over to West Coast Project and podcast with a host there, whose also name is Mike, mm-hmm. just to make everything as confusing as possible. Lots of great podcasts over there. Mike and Jamie do a The Americans podcast. And I think Better Call Saul, I think, may be coming up pretty soon. But if you love Fargo or you want to see why you should love Fargo, listen in on the podcast, and I'll put a link to all that in our show notes. And we did a podcast with Mike and Jamie once on a movie, and that was a lot of fun. And I hope uh, that we get to do that again. Yeah, yeah, great, great people, a lot of fun Mm -hmm. over there. So then we come back, and Twan is going over the shifts that... The Pasha's family's being watched. That he's telling that he can't come up with any kind of schedule with how Pasha's with how they're watching Pasha's family. And something about this scene really touched me. We mentioned last week about the similarities and contrast between the Eckert family and the Jennings family. And in this Eckert family. We've got Twan as the child and how he is so gung-ho and so easily, I don't know if you want to say manipulated, but led. And in the Jennings family, it's like this constant struggle. It's like really almost like these two different families that are doing two different things. And Twan wants a dog. And he's like a little boy asking for a dog. Sorry. No, that's funny. Uh, He also, you know, he's... He's hating on the U.S. and hating on our way of life. And then, you know, he he went for the takeout food. He and, did. Yeah, and then now he's wanting a puppy. So you can't help. I think that just shows you can't help but but fall in love with part of America when you're in America. I mean, you can you can rail against America. Americans rail against America. Sure. But this is truly just a wonderful take take the the government out of it. This is just a wonderful place to be. But, uh, well, yes, no doubt. But he goes into how Pasha's just a baby and he won't even eat. And then, and, and how his mom babies him over him picking at his food and that he had to eat garbage in the streets if it was a good day. Other days he had nothing. And he says Pasha wants to look cool, but he's like, like a different shirt's going to help him. Maybe he should learn a couple of English words or whatever. Which is a great point. It's funny the the disdain Tuan has for even Pasha, for even somebody who's had had it rough, so to speak. I mean, not as... If he's got this much disdain for Pasha, how much disdain does he have for the people of America? 
the children that he's in school with, the teenagers and stuff. Twan's a chameleon. I don't know how much disdain he's got for really, truly anybody. I think he might be just really not... I think he's telling Philip and Elizabeth, this is my opinion, okay. what they want to hear. Um, I'm not seeing that at all. You could be right, but I'm not seeing that at all. I think Twan is, of course enthralled by the good stuff but I'm not seeing him being a double agent in any way but Philip starts sympathizing and talking about when his father died when he was six and that they were hungry a lot Mm -hmm. though he admits it wasn't as bad as what Twan went through so then we go to Stan and Adderholt and they're walking into that diner the specters of death (laughs) what is going on with them in this episode? They do this twice. Well, this guy, they they stated why they were interested in him because he's an official with Aeroflot. You know what Aeroflot is, right? It's the Russian airline. The official Russian airline, which of course during the Soviet days was a hundred percent owned, and during the Soviet era, this was the biggest airline in the world. Founded in 1923, and it is still today 51% government owned. Of course, after the the uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union and the the wall came down in '89, uh, things started. You know, privatization was was embraced more. It's not 100%, but was you know a form of of, of um, limited capitalization has of course swept across. The old Soviet uh, Soviet bloc, uh, former Soviet bloc countries, but um, it's still uh, it's still uh, one of the one of the largest airlines in the world, and it's uh, still that you know of course considered the the state you know the the official airline of Russia. Well, when I looked it up, I saw a bunch of stuff like on I think TripAdvisor and stuff. It didn't get terrible reviews it was like great but it's pretty interesting to see the food and stuff like that that people tend to really enjoy the hot meals that they serve on the airlines and stuff like that i thought that was kind of interesting but why were they trying to get in with this guy apparently they want information on the airline do we know what they're looking for? Do we know what... Not until the writers tell okay. us, and it's not, not until they put it in the script, and then we'll know. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know if if we're supposed to know something, because I couldn't put two and two together with them, or I've got another theory. At the end of the other scene, I'll go into it. Okay. But Adderholt starts eating the guy's lunch. when He just, he just gets up and throws money down and walks out. I imagine you wouldn't even want to be seen sitting with... FBI agents. Of course not. If anybody happened to see you, or if one of the secret, the 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 double agents, or not not double agents, but the super secret agents are watching you, they happen to be the ones coming around, and two FBI agents come up and sit down beside you. That wouldn't look good. I mean, they're literally seems like putting these guys in pretty bad situations just by showing up. Exactly. Then we see Gabriel serving Philip and Elizabeth some snacks and talking about the specific type of midge that they've never seen outside of Australia before. Right. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was interesting. 
and that a shipment of these midges were sent six weeks ago to a business in Oklahoma. I mean, they're really upset. They think that people back home are going to start dying because of what's going on here. Paranoia has taken over at the center. Well, Philip says they'll go to Oklahoma ASAP. And And they, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And they take part of their team with them, you know, when they get there. They're still, you see, you remember last episode when there was that long train of cars following, um, following the guys through the countryside and Elizabeth was following in that old square body Chevy truck. And then we saw the black guy turning off. Uh, that was, we've seen this guy in the park. Right. When Philip was meeting William, we've seen him at various other places, driving by, giving signals. This guy is part of their team. He Absolutely. Is not, he is not a random guy. And then we see some female that they've got also in a car. So right. they didn't just go to Oklahoma. They mobilized part of their team to go with them to Oklahoma, which makes this you know even more a significant operation for them. They, they're putting a lot of importance on this, um, this wheat bug thing. Yeah, even more impressive how far they go, like you just said. Oh, they are they are super uh, super impressive and, and efficient in their tactics. Then Elizabeth goes into how they told Paige a little bit about what they're doing, and Gabriel says, "If it brings you closer, I'm all for it." And so he's been made aware. Yep, they're sitting there talking to Dracula. Which was funny because you brought up last week, you called him Dracula. And one of the girls who listens to us on Twitter actually sent me something. I don't have it up with me right now. That said that this character actually played Dracula. Isn't that cool? The actor did. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That is really, really cool. And thanks for sending that, Jane. We appreciate that. Always a wealth of... Interesting. It just, I mean, I don't want to brag. My genius doesn't just, just, it extends far beyond the American. Does it? Yes. Okay. Then we see Matthew and Paige out at the Denny's, and Matthew's talking about Stan talking about Renee and how it's weird to him. And what could be more 80s than Denny's? Not a lot. Not a lot. Paige goes into, well, when my parents separated, I always worried that they would start you know, dating other people or whatever. But Matthew, sensitive Matthew, senses that something's off with Paige. So he starts asking her about what's going on. Is something going on at home? Mm -hmm. I was a teenager in the 80s and dated. And I don't know, Matthew seems awfully intuitive and empathetic for a, what, 17-year-old boy? Yeah, I thought so, too. But Paige goes into how the whole world's just a mess, and Matthew says, Well, yeah, but not much we can do about it. I know. Popping fries in his mouth. I know. Poor old Matthew. I mean, he's just, this is not... And his dad's an FBI agent, and he's like, yeah, we can't do anything about Mm -hmm. it. And Paige's like, hmm, don't think so, huh? You know, so I think that kind of solidified the importance of what her parents were doing. I think you're right. And he says, oh, come on, Paige, tell me what's going on with you. Just seem, you know, it's like something's wrong. And then we go under the table. It shows under the table, and she's doing the maneuver that they've showed her. The cricket the, maneuver. The cricket. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, that's what we'll call that, mm-hmm. the cricket maneuver. Cricket playing a violin. 
And then she goes into how she's just worried about a paper she has to write. And he's like, oh, I can help you with that. And so. He's got it all handled. Yep. He takes care of it. He has solved the world's problems that are on Paige's shoulders. But then Paige comes home and Elizabeth's in the laundry room. And Elizabeth tells her that she's down there working because it's quiet. And I wonder, I started wondering here if Paige won't think back on this at some point when she figures out that Elizabeth's actually working in the laundry room and maybe go down there searching for something. Though they have the coolest safe down there. Have you ever noticed it before behind the fuse box? Yes. And it's locked and unlocked by throwing a certain set of switches. How genius is that? This is like right off of the Get Smart uh, television show. I want one. Can we put one behind our fuse box? We've got one. I'll share it with you after this is over. I've, I've had it here for years, but... Just now bringing you in my confidence. I love it. Well, it takes a while. Well, I just had to make sure you weren't working both sides. Elizabeth says they're going to go to Oklahoma to work on this. Paige starts asking about how it's going if Elizabeth has now solved the grain crisis in the three days since she told them about it that's potentially going to go on in Russia. And this is where Paige goes into that conversation that she had an awful conversation with Matthew. And you can see... Her mom kind of go, what? <laughs> what do you mean an awful conversation? Because you got to be careful when Paige says you have an awful conversation. Because she had an awful conversation with Pastor Tim. Yeah, Elizabeth doesn't know that she hadn't outed him again. And they got to pack up and leave before Stan gets home. But Paige starts talking about how easy it was to look him in the face and lie. And then it felt gross. gross. And she's just she's continuing with her idealistic um Mindset. I think that's fair, though. I think it's fair to say I can lie that well and I don't like that about myself. She says she doesn't want to be fake. And then Elizabeth comes up. Man, she can twist things, can't she? She comes up and she says, Paige, relationships are complicated. You hold back what you need to hold back. We all do. So. Russian patriot spy. Manipulative. Then we go to commercial and we come back and we see Misha in Yugoslavia. What did you think about that whole scene? Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. You know, the guy was taking his money. Wanted to the, the guy he'd come initially to the house for wasn't there. And no, so, Luka Jovanovic, and he had been arrested, presumably for doing this thing, smuggling people out of the country, right? Apparently, yeah. So they he goes and gets somebody else. But I mean, who's Misha supposed to think this guy is? He could have went and gotten a cop or, you know, a KGB officer. He just this other guy just shows up with this this alternate, and the guy immediately asks him for money, and it takes most of his money. But what choice did he have? Here's Misha in Yugoslavia. He's doing exactly what his mom told him to do. Right. I mean, he's there. What can he do? Right. He could go back to Russia. He could trust. The process, I guess, of what's going on. But, yeah, that guy was, he was very bullying. And his wife doesn't like any of it going on at all. No, she's worried she's going to get in trouble. Right. Well, then we go to Oklahoma, and we got some duded up Jenners, don't we? I love the Oklahoma disguises. Let me just tell you this. Have you ever considered a hat like that? Because I'm thinking Christmas present, maybe early birthday present. I don't want to offend anybody, but 
I have considered hats like that, but not in a positive way. Okay. Um, it was um, kind of something. Then we go back to Misha, and this is where the guy is taking his money. And are you a little surprised by how how easily it is to bully Misha? Misha was in the military, right? Yeah, but he's on unfamiliar terrain here. I mean, he's out in Yugoslavia. He's kind of lost now because his contact's not there. So he's kind of a deer in the headlights. He was in the military, but I don't think he was in any kind of has any kind of um, special operative training. He was just you know, be, being in the army and being a Green Beret are two totally different things. Sure, I'm just wondering. I just picture somebody who's been through that kind of combat training and everything at least to be more aggressive but i guess you're probably right particularly since he's so young and what he's doing is so maybe kind of horrifying to him i did look up the place in yugoslavia and i'm not even going to pretend to try to be able to pronounce it but he's trying to get into austria right. and it's like a three-hour drive from oh, there it's so like, it's not that far it's like gilligan's island's a three-hour three tour. tour yep Elizabeth comes in that hotel room that they're in, in her disguise, and this is where Philip starts talking about how he's, like, noticed the land there and that it reminds him of home and all the fields in Russia, and he's kind of opining on why they can't grow their own wheat and stuff there, and he's kind of sad. Yeah, he gets a little depressed sitting there, and... Of course, uh, that song comes on by Alabama, and Elizabeth, it just kind of does what, you know, that music from Alabama did to girls in that era, as I remember it. It just causes a, a reaction in Elizabeth, and she takes his hat and puts it on her head, and you think they're going to make me the rodeo queen, and tries to turn, you know, she recognizes he's getting a little down, so she does what she can to, to pick him up, and uh, I thought that... Uh, I thought that was a, a really, I, I like that scene, and I, I wanted to give you some background on the, you know, that song, Alabama, because Michelle and I, uh, for you that don't know, we live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we're right down the road uh, from where this band still lives today. The members of this band still live today. It's a place called Fort Payne, Alabama, and when Alabama got big, People in Chattanooga were very proud because their neighbors in Fort Payne, Alabama. Um, Chattanooga is very close, uh, called the tri-state area. Uh, no offense to my friends in New Jersey who try to tell me that's uh, New York, uh, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, but we think it's uh, Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama. So, anyways, they're down this road in Fort Payne, Alabama, and this band started in 1969. Did you know that that Alabama has been around that long? But they didn't start out. Calling themselves Alabama, they started out calling themselves Wild Country, and around the mid '70s they changed their name to Alabama. And in ni in the '80s they had just a string of number one hits. Sure. And in 1981, this song they're playing, "Old Flame," was the group's uh, third number one single. And it was funny that they they. They picked this song because there's a lyric in this song, in case you didn't hear it. I swear I've got this same thing really? written down. Well, yeah. that's what the whole song's about. There's an old flame burning in your eyes that, that tears can't hide and makeup 
can't oh, disguise. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're both wearing makeup. They're both right. wearing disguises. So I thought that was kind of a play on, you know, their immediate situation. But uh, that's all I've got to uh, puke up on you about uh, well, the, the band Alabama. What I thought was a very interesting choice of song, considering who did we just see? Martha. And who was Elizabeth jealous of? Martha. So, you know, and of course Philip didn't see her or anything in this, but I just thought it was a real interesting choice of song that, because Philip cared about Martha. We he do did, know that. But I don't think he sat down on the edge of the bed thinking about I don't think he was thinking about Martha either, but I don't know that with that song playing that Elizabeth wasn't thinking about Martha. Because, you know, women's minds and everything. I don't know anything about women's minds. If I had, I'd been more successful in the 80s. There was a girl in high school who always wanted to mail herself to the group, Alabama. She talked about it all the you time. You told me that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Hmm. True. Then we see standing at her hole comes some poor guy in the bathroom. Same guy? Same guy? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, he's not. Um. Mm-mm. This is a guy who works with Am- Amtorg. This is not the guy who worked with. Oh, really? Airport. Yeah, a different guy. Oh, okay. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. I thought it was. Here come the specters of death again. No, different guy. And I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was the same guy. They want to talk to him about his work with Amtorg. I didn't know that. That's why I'm saying. That's why I don't understand what's going on. Amtorg was the first trade representation of the Soviet Union to the United States. Hmm. So a little different than the than the airline. But this guy leaves without a word, too. Won't even speak to him. So they're batting a thousand, huh? But I don't know if we're supposed if they're actually working something all together between the trade and the and the airline and whatever else, or are they just trying to show us that the relationship Stan had with Oleg was just a fluke? That it was like a one in a million shot. And this getting close to other people that work for the Soviet Union is a very difficult process. That's a great point. I don't know that that's what they're trying to show us. I think they're working an angle that it's going to come together in jail for us later is what I think. Okay. Well, it absolutely might, but it just seems like such a weird thing for them to go up to somebody like that, like both of them together to one person, it feels like they're accosting somebody almost. I mean, the way they do it, going on either side of the person, they did that both times. And it just, there's nothing about that to make this person feel brought into the fold. It seems strong army to me. It does. That's a good So I don't know. Because Stan gained Oleg's confidence by himself. Right. And it was this real personal relationship he ended up having with Oleg. And speaking of Oleg, he's walking along and a guy comes up and says he's missed a meeting and sorry, dude, and slips a package into his pocket. Yep. And man, I knew what that was as soon as I saw the package. Did you? I didn't, but I hope this puts to bed any ideas that anybody had that his old buddy, Stan, was trying to get a message to him because You you can't get that many people to collude uh, and 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 uh, go against what the AG and the CIA and everybody else is working toward. This is this is absolutely the the, the CIA the CIA 
moving ahead with their operation that the assistant AG can't do anything about, and it's out of his hands, and they're um, they're moving forward with their tape, and they're going to try to turn Oleg based on the tape that they have that Stan took of him yep. and make him think that Stan had something to do with it. He's just, I don't think that's important to them, but I think that, of course, Oleg is going to think that Stan betrayed him here. Well, what else would he think in this situation? I don't know. It was really, really bad. And he listened to that, and I think he knew anyway, but he was just defeated, and he's terrified. Well, at first, you know, a few people, you included, thought that it was Stan trying to get a message. Absolutely. Well, I didn't know which one it was. I was hopeful it was Stan actually trying to get a message to him. No way. Then we see Philip and Elizabeth in the rodeo disguise going into the building, the Smith and Poole Labs, research lab. That's funny. They're wearing those disguises. Anyways. And there was a great shot. I don't know if you noticed that or not, of Philip with the light behind him, behind that opaque door he was trying to get into with that big cowboy hat on. ten-gallon hat. That was great. But they get inside, and they're looking at all the different bugs it's like different bugs right different different pests not just bugs but right, in different in, places in different settings and here i actually wrote you got to be right about the gmo that has to be what this is about with all the pests i mean not necessarily has to be but i really do think so they got these red lights that they're shining and when they walk up to the there's some kind of like butterfly moth cage mm-hmm. uh, area and they they start going crazy with these lights beating against the glass and stuff like that which yeah they leads, swarm yeah yes which leads to a really bad <laughs> situation for poor randy in a minute mm-hmm. but there's bats there's even bats hanging in there and elizabeth finds the the bugs now i didn't mention but out in the parking lot is a couple of watchers out there watching to make sure that they're okay in there. Yeah, lookouts. Yeah. We call those lookouts in okay. a spy game. So out in the parking lot, someone is walking in. They see somebody pull up and walk in. And so they Key the mic. notify you. So back inside, they're scrambling to put the papers back exactly as they were in the coffee cup and all that and scramble to hide. But there ain't a lot of hiding faces in there and the guy walks in and it looked like everything might be okay for a minute but then he notices those moths going crazy and so he picks up the phone now wonder who he was going to call about the moths going crazy or the butterflies or whatever that was in there uh that's a great question i didn't consider that i just know he was going to call somebody and philip and elizabeth just couldn't have that yep so that's the end of that's that's pretty much the end of Randy, and then Philip, you know, he even took his hat off. So I knew that when Philip's hat was off and part of his disguise was gone, I knew that was the kiss of death right there for Randy. They were going to get as much information out of him, and they tried as they as they could. And um, what did you think about that card that Randy pulled out, AgriCorp? I tried to did you look try to look up AgriCorp. It's some mm-hmm. Canadian company that uh, that was I think it was founded in. Uh, 1997, but I couldn't. I look. I, I I looked up Agricourt from the 80s, and I found a couple of uh, court cases that 
No, you found some stuff on Agricorp? The only thing I found, I found the same thing that you did. There's an Ontario Agricorp right. company. Um, you know what it does? It uh, delivers risk management programs and other services is what Very good. I have written down. Okay. I don't have to cover that. But what I did find is that Monsanto is known as an Agricorp. What? What? An agricultural corporation. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> Um, it's not called Agricorp, but Monsanto. It's, I read something that said the Agricorp Monsanto. You know, so sometimes my brain just it hurts. <laughs> it, could, it could definitely be a play on that, uh, for sure. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I tried to find that, too. So I thought that was pretty that, interesting that's interesting but the guy tells him he at first thinks it's somebody just trying to rob him or I guess he's hopeful he hands him his wallet and says take my car and uh, they of course don't want that they want information about what's going on and the guy really doesn't know very much they're growing bugs and sending the well, eggs to it, where they're asked I thought it was funny that at first he said I can't talk about that until Elizabeth slammed his head into the, the glass and then he started blah, 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 blah. he just started puking everything up. Yep. And uh, and th- and these midges don't even have a name, but they are now known as the orange wheat blossom midge. Well, they now have a name. Well, that's a sweet name. I want to be known as the orange sweet blossom Mike. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get right on changing your Twitter name. Mike <laughs> at or at at. Mike, Orange Sweet Blossom from Tennessee. Mike, yeah. So the guy gets out his Rolodex to where he's sending them to, and there's like a a address in Topeka, Kansas, and the next shipment goes out in two weeks, so we know that. And he has no idea what they use this for. And Elizabeth says, well, you should ask, and tosses him to Philip, who cracks his neck quickly. It's pretty cold stuff. Early, yeah. And then they just carry the poor guy outside. Stick him in the trunk of his own car and leave him. And then Philip goes over to ask to ask if the the if the lookout's okay and she's just like, Yes. That was kind of an odd little conversation there. And then he goes back to the car and they're standing there breathing heavily outside the car, looking at each other, and Philip in his smart acidness says Mm-hmm. Should we tell Paige about this? And that was funny. Elizabeth gives him the wife look. That's odd. I don't know how else to describe that. It's just that look. And that was the end. Next week, episode four, it's called What's the Matter with Kansas? So I think we're going to see some Kansas scenes next week. Paige is telling Elizabeth that she found his diary. I don't know who his is. And Elizabeth is telling her that it's too dangerous. We see Misha in a trunk, and we get more of Oleg and note passing. See, I don't even watch those upcoming scenes because they're all just... I know. They're clickbait. I um, got a little bit of information on uh, the band Roxy Music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that song, More Than This. Yeah. Um, Roxy Music was founded in uh, 1971, and this song came out in... 1982, and their primary success was in Europe and, guess where else, Australia, which is where the midge was from. 
So I thought that was interesting. Maybe there's some kind of connection between so the midge, the midge, and Roxy Music, and the music, and the, they both start with M. Roxy Music were, was a cover, a cover for a secret organization working for Monsanto. That any, I've got this whole midge this, Monsanto yeah, music. Both starts with an wow. M. Yeah, how about that? I don't know about. All yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know, but they've played, I think, Roxy Music before, right? It must be some kind of fan favorite. I'm remembering it for some reason. Am I wrong? No. Uh, this song is also, I looked at some of the interpretations of the song, and it's interpreted by some as the end of something and how it doesn't, didn't matter. And it's also interpreted by as the beginning of, uh, of something. It's different. So if you look up you know, Roxy Music, uh, you know, music meanings, it, it goes into to hmm. pretty, pretty, it's a pretty, uh, considered a pretty deep song, really. Well, you know what they say: every new beginning is some other beginnings end. Okay. Okay. Well, they didn't tease us with any more Martha, but they've really got my hopes up. So I don't know if we'll see Martha anymore. Or oh, not. you know we'll see Martha some more. They wouldn't just just give us a little a little piece I, of Martha like that and just take it away. If they do, we're gonna we're revolt? gonna circulate a petition. So, okay, yep. write All, a strongly yes. worded letter. Yes. We hope you'll connect with us here at Travel Rant and become part of our American Reds podcast. So, Mike, if people want to talk to you this week about this episode, how do they get in touch with you? At Orange Sweet Blossom, Mike. <laughs> sweet Citizen. Orange. Sweet Orange. I don't know if I want to put this. I don't know if I want to put this. Way. Let's just say at Mike from TN. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. Ratings are a great way to help a podcast that you like, so it would really mean a lot to us if you guys would do that for us. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com, where you can email us or leave us a message, and we'd love to hear from you. So, you think we covered... Episode 3, The Midges, pretty well. You got anything else you want to add to it? Mm, no, not okay. that's it. Well, then we'll be, back. we'll be back next week for Episode 4. It's entitled, What's the Matter with Kansas? So, we'll see you then. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>